Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Friday, September 17th. Today, I got a Hear Journal for you. Um, a word to the wise. We do now have on our uh, Borough City Church app, we have our Bible reading plan up, the new one. Um, this Bible reading plan is going to take you through all of the non-Pauline epistles so that are all the letters not written by the famous biblical author Pauline. Real sweet lady. Uh, no, this is... That, uh, actually, it's written, letters not written by Paul in the New Testament. Um, so these are going to be uh, the letters uh, really after Hebrews. So I took Hebrews... We're doing that in, uh, in, by doing that, I mean, uh, I'm preaching through it on Sundays, so we're going to take James and throughout. That'll be our New Testament reading, and then exciting, exciting guys, exciting news here. Also going to be coupling that with uh, Proverbs, so we're going to be in, uh, we're going to be in Proverbs that um, typically will be the first part of the week in your daily Bible reading. On our app, you'll be in Proverbs, and in the second part of the week, you will be in James. You might have a little catch-up to do because we did get that um, Bible reading plan posted a little late for you, um, but September should be up and ready to roll, um, and that's what I'll be doing on here with you um, as I um, join you um, typically on these Fridays. So James chapter 4 is the reading for today, James chapter 4. Let's read that now. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be a friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says, the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet, and yet not do it. That is James chapter 4. All right. 
want to talk to you today from this passage about something that I've been learning, which has been coming up a lot, not only in Scripture, but also in life. And so it's a sort of a um, newly introduced paradigm to me, thanks to the work of the man, the myth, the legend, one of my muses, Mark Sayers. Um, Mark Sayers is an Australian uh, pastor and also um, cultural uh, commentator and observer and does some really brilliant work. Um, I would recommend any of his books um, if you're um, willing to be confused for a little bit. Um, he's the kind of guy that will tell you how a butterfly flaps its wings in a, in a Chinese manufacturing plant, and that's why you're taking the kind of selfies. That's why teenage girls are taking the kind of selfies they are today, except what he'll do is he'll actually make that make sense. He'll draw kind of this straight line between the two, and um, there's just awe and amazement there. So I really appreciate Mark Sayers' work. Um, but he uh, recently, um, via um, uh, some of his media outlets, podcast and Instagram um, et al., um, has introduced the idea of complicated systems versus complex systems. So let me, let me introduce this idea to you because I think it's helpful, and then I want to show it to you Um, in this text in James 4. So I'm going to introduce the idea and then I will show it to you in scripture as we do a here journal. So the basic idea of complicated versus complex systems, you can think of a complicated system as a system, in other words, made up of many components, that a system is something made up of many components that is intended to produce a certain result. So just picture in your mind an assembly line. So a car assembly line. The deal is, with a car assembly line, if you can get all of the right people with all of the right components of the car to sort of work together in assembly line, you can just get better and better and better and better at it, and at the end of the day, you will always, at the end of the line, you'll have a car, and at the end of the day, as you get better and better and better at executing that system, you will have lots of cars. In fact, this has been... this is. Uh, Complicated systems are a way of life for many manufacturing companies, etc. Figure out the system to make the product and then sort of turn up the speed of which you can do that and you will make more money. Okay, that's a complicated system. If I can get X, Y, and Z, then I will get the outcome uh, G or whatever variable. I just <laughs> went into algebra there. Woo, look out. Okay, um, not going to do that often, gang. All right. That's complicated systems. A complex system, um, how to best describe a complex system? A complex system is way more like um, a, uh, I'm trying to think, like a plate of spaghetti, maybe, um, or maybe like a big ball of twine. Um, In other words, you can't really tell just by looking at it. It's really hard to set up because if you, or maybe a sweater. You know, if, if I pull a thread in the sweater, will I be able to tell? I guess, I guess you knitting experts will tear this one apart, but just bear with me for a minute, all right? <laughs> um, let's go with spaghetti, all right? You go <laughs> a complex system is explaining a complex system, all right? This is a meta illustration. What I'm doing right now is complex system. Uh, but take a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now, give it back. It's delicious. Um, <laughs> You put the, that's Jacob laughing in the background. You put the spaghetti on the plate and you put um, the sauce on top of it. Um, If you're a novice, if you're an expert, you would have already tossed it in the sauce, but 
let's go with the novice. All right, so you put the sauce on top, you put it in your bowl, um, you sort of add in, um, you sort of add in some Parmesan cheese and maybe some red pepper flakes, and you're ready to go to town on this spaghetti. And then you decide that you sort of want to take the spaghetti apart. Well, it it kind of becomes impossible because doing one thing will affect another thing. Picking up one noodle will move another noodle that maybe you didn't expect. Um, and then when you try to wash the sauce off it, you also wash some of the salt that was on the noodle that helped cook the noodle that gives it a particular taste. And then you don't have the same noodle that you started with anymore. Um, so you can see uh, the, the Parmesan cheese actually changes uh, shape or I'm sorry, changes state when it hits the hot sauce and it melts a little bit and there's kind of no recovering back from that. And so one action is morphed into another action. It's impossible to sort of take apart and an assembly line becomes really difficult, all right? Now, those are two different metaphors, um, but hopefully you'll, the, the point is for a complex system, point is for a complex system, you can't really realize all of the effects of doing one thing on another thing on another thing. Um, I think a good example of a complex system that we're living in is this pandemic. Um, you can see operating, you can see the world, particularly in America, which is where we live, which what we're observing all the time. We're operating day to day, making decisions about things that um, all through this pandemic, we didn't understand how they would have an effect on the next thing. Or think of sort of a virus that you know started in Wuhan, China, that nobody sort of expected would make it all the way over to America and then would affect us in the way it has. Think of the constant, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, call to pivot and change and be ready to do something different because we don't understand the way one thing is affecting another. Um, who thought that uh, a small, tiny, little, itty-bitty, microscopic virus would sort of change the way inflation rates happened in America. Um, they would cause you not to be able to uh, sort of build the deck on the back of your house because that you wanted to build and were planning to build because of the way that it raised lumber prices. You see, that's very complex, hard to predict, hard to understand. Now, let's read with the idea of complex and complicated systems take a look at verse 13 that's what that's what i want to highlight today in chapter four come now you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such city spend a year there and do business and make a profit yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what your life will be for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead you should say if the lord wills we will live and do this or that but as it is you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil. So it is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. Now, that's the verse that I'm highlighting. This verse clearly is telling you to, uh, the, through James here, uh, the Holy Spirit is telling us, don't count on something just because you could count on it yesterday. In other words, this is saying, be careful with your complicated systems. The world and especially your God is complex, okay? So the church has largely bought in, especially with the church growth movement, has largely bought into complicated systems. We sort of got the idea that 
well, if um, we build a church building like this, and we have a band like this, and we have a preacher who can do this, and if we, if we offer these ministry opportunities to people, if we offer these Bible studies, if we sort of go through, if you can meet X number of people, share the gospel X number of times, this will be your outcome. I mean, conference after conference after conference after conference in the church world will tell you that. And indeed, churches try to do that. Let me look and see what that church does, see if I can replicate it. Along the way, many of us sort of church leaders along the way forgot that the world is complex and forgot what it says that friendship with the world is being an enemy with God. Not only is the world complex, but God is complex, which means God is not about being figured out by a complicated system, by an assembly line. God is not paint by numbers. The kingdom of God is not paint by numbers. I mean, just think of how disruptive sort of the paradoxes that Jesus brings to explain the kingdom of God were to like the Pharisees who had a very sort of complicated system. Do this, 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 and this. The outcome is you are highly respected by your peers and God really values you and needs you and will accept you. But that's not the way our God is. So what is so here he says, no, 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 you, you should focus on the Lord's will. I think it's interesting that we have even turned the Lord's will into, we tried to turn it into a solvable, complicated system. And so you'll have books and books and books written on how do I know God's will? And by how do I know God's will, what we mean is, are there a series of things that I can do in which I can be sure that the decision I make will result in the outcome that I want it to have? Okay, so even in, even in a text in James chapter 4 that says, stop relying on the complicated system. You better not bank that what you did yesterday will work tomorrow. Instead, go for the Lord's will. Okay, so in James chapter 4, how can we understand the Lord's will? Here's the way that I'll put it to sum up all the rest that's in James chapter 4 and the rest of the Bible. And this is supremely what I am learning over and over right now. Character that comes from closeness. Okay, those are three C's. Character that comes from closeness. Character that comes from closeness. Now you see it all through this passage. Look at this. God res- in in verse uh, in verse six. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Proverbs chapter one, which was in reading that um, uh, in Proverbs one. If you go through Proverbs one, where it talks about fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, a res- having having and seeing God in his proper place allows you to think about things and understand things in a way that you wouldn't normally be able to. Having the Lord in the proper place assumes a relationship. It assumes I know who God is. It talks about friendship with God in this. It talks about humbling yourself before God. Um, the whole start of chapter four um, has a, the idea of you have a complicated system. Look what it says in verse two. You desire and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain. In other words, complicated system. If I murder and covet, then I will get what I want. If I just go after what I want, then I'll get it. But 
but it's the uh, at the first of chapter four, you're left with the frustration when your complicated system doesn't work. This used to work for me, getting angry at people and yelling at people. I've had short-term results from it, but it's not working anymore. The point is, is here at the front of chapter four, you have complicated systems that aren't working, and this this whole chapter or yeah, complicated things that aren't, aren't complicated systems that aren't working. This whole chapter is pressing you in to a complex God in which character comes from closeness. And it doesn't matter how complex a system is. Listen to me as we apply this city church. It doesn't matter how complex a system is. It doesn't matter what virus hits us and raises the cost of lumber a million miles away. If you have character that comes from closeness to God, if you fear the Lord, you have the wisdom that comes from knowing God's holiness and otherness, and you have a relationship with him in humility that allows you to receive his love without, and his grace without fighting it off because you can prove yourself to him, that is what allows you to navigate complex systems. You can't change the complex system. It's hard, really nuanced and difficult to affect a complex system. But the good news is you don't have to. If you have character that comes from closeness, you will be doing the will of God. You will be doing exactly what God wants you to do, which is to bring up some familiar language, being a non-anxious presence in the middle of a complex system, in the middle of an unknowable unsolvable problem or even opportunity. And that's why the application for us as a church, that's why at City Church, I mean, you, if, if you were listening to the Grilling with Tim series, and I, I mentioned it in, in my interview with Tim, that's why as a church, we value more than finding the right way to sort of multiply disciples of Jesus as quickly as we can. And we can, can we put in these six or eight elements that we can just reproduce, reproduce, reproduce. That's why we value building godly character in our people over the long haul, because that is the will of God. That is the will of God. And I believe that everything that comes from that will result in more resilient disciples that are produced from our church. But we need to heed this scriptural command, which is not to say today or tomorrow we'll go over there and this will be the outcome. Instead to say, what is the Lord's will? If God wills it, if God wills it, then this is what we will do. But we are going to know our God, our complex God, in a complex world full of complex systems, and we're going to let our character that comes from closeness be that of humility that receives grace, and in that way we will affect the world. City Church, it's easier said than done, and so let's invite the Lord to do it in us in a moment of silence and prayer. Father, we recognize that your Holy Spirit will work in us to do things in a very complex world. We acknowledge that and we welcome it. We do not want to lose the truth that you, God, are a person with whom we have a relationship 
and that the work you do through us will flow from the health of that relationship. We do not want to forsake our friendship with you for the sake of friendship with the world. Rather, God, we want to be humbly submitted to you, receiving your grace deep in a relationship with you such that it changes our character and then and only then by your will help us to make the proper mark on a complex world which is a mark of love only you can do it but would you do it more in our church in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit i pray amen city church go and multiply the gospel